Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Uh, let's get to our guest. Jeff Schultz is with us, director and investment strategist at ClearBridge Investments. So, Jeff, it, it appears as simple as this, that as go Treasury, so goes the S&P 500. This jump in the two-year yield here seems to indicate the terminal rate is moving a lot higher. Do you fight this? Or do you just succumb? Well, first off, thank you for, for having me on the program. And, and unfortunately, you're right. Um, equities are beholden to the, the Treasury market and you know, well enough, whether or not we're hitting peak hawkishness. And I think we're getting close. Uh, right now, the markets are pricing in a terminal rate of around 5%. Um, I think that's probably going to do it, especially considering that this will easily be the second fastest start to a tightening cycle since 1955. Um, only 1980, um, when Volcker had to break the back of inflation, have you seen more tightening come. So although you did see some upward pressure today, and I, I think that's a direct result of some really strong economic data over the last couple of weeks, whether it's payrolls from September, the CPI reading from last week, or industrial production, I think we're probably getting into that ballpark where um, you might see the 10-year Treasury roll over from here, uh, which could be a tailwind to equities near term. Jeff, uh, with peak hawkishness, do we get peak dollar? I think the dollar is going to remain buoyant, um, I, though the dollar has continued to strengthen all year. Um, and I think it's clearly going to be a headwind to not only this earnings season, but next earnings season. I think given the fact that the dollar is a counter trend currency, it tends to be a, a risk off trade um, and the slowing of the global economy and, and the appearance that zero COVID tolerance policies is still going to be with China in the next year or so. Um, I continue to see that the dollar is buoyant, even though I do think that most of the gains have already occurred. Jeff, is there such a thing as a soft landing? Well, there is. Um, but I think that path to a soft landing is getting more and more narrow with each Fed rate hike um, in FOMC meeting that we get past. Um, now, in looking at the last 13 Fed initial tightening cycles since 1955, three of them have ended in a soft landing. That was 1966, 1984, and 1995. And in looking at those three instances, you had a dovish Fed pivot, which was responsible for prolonging those expansions. But mm. I think 1966 is most like today in the sense that when the Fed pivoted, three years later, core inflation almost doubled, going from 3.3% up to 6.2%. While in 84 and 95, you actually saw inflation move down. And the key reason is that you had a tight labor market in 1966. With the yeah. unemployment rate similar to today at 3.8%. So, 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 so to cut to the chase, you're saying the Fed learned from these experiences and won't make the same mistake again as it did in 66. And I think you made an interesting point saying that because the jolts are so strong, you know, we have all these job openings that can't be filled, that you can take the, a lot of the slack out there and you don't actually have to fire a lot of people and you can still take some of the juice out of uh, the labor market. Uh, expound on that. 
Yeah, I would, I would call it the immaculate slackening, if you will. Um, job openings in the latest release went from 11 million down to 10 million. Massive move in a one-month period, but at 10 million, that's still two and a half million more than what we saw prior to COVID. So you have this insatiable thirst for labor demand, and there certainly is the possibility for job openings to continue to move down, and that could create some lower pressure on wage gains. Yeah. And it may make the Fed a little bit more comfortable with inflation moving back down to target. Now, the one thing I'll mention is job openings have never moved down in a material way without the unemployment rate rising. But this has been such a unique cycle that this could be another first uh, that we'll look, be looking back to when we think about this time frame. Jeff, you look at uh, economic history and it does say that recessions do act as a kind of a clear out of um, zombie companies and uh, the, the like, if you will. Uh, in 2008, we really did manage to perhaps avoid a really, really deep recession because of the action of the central banks around the world and also China, too. And uh, during the pandemic, likewise, is it is it uh, I mean, it's a horrible thing to say because it is people's lives that is uh, the U.S. in need of a recession. I think we are, you know, obviously a very, very tight labor market, whether you're looking at, you know, obviously wage growth, where you're looking at um, the job creation, um, which the latest release is still one and a half times the average job creation that we saw last uh, decade. Um, initial jobless claims are, are relatively low. So you have a, a very tight labor market. And again, in order for the Fed to achieve its goal of price stability and not repeat the sins of the 1966 soft pivot, you need to have a recession, and that has to, includes businesses going under, obviously a lot of cheap capital flowing over the last couple of years, and a, and a higher unemployment rate uh, in joblessness situation. So, yeah, after a very strong two years of uh, you know cheap money and, and a lot of stimulus, I think the economy does need to cool, and a, a recession is okay. the, the necessary evil for that. So, so in the meantime, uh, while we try to get there, what we've seen happen this year, year-to-date, Tesla is down almost 50%. So they're selling the dream and buying what? Insurance companies? Yeah, uh, yeah obviously, um, <laughs> markets are down quite a bit uh, here recently, uh, in particular in the areas that did the best coming off of the rebound in the bottom of 2020, and Tesla being one of those primary beneficiaries. Um, but I think, obviously, as we get deeper into this recessionary sell-off and we don't put in durable bottom in, um, I think a lot of companies are, are going to be smart and hoard capital. Um, they're going to well, my, try my to question was that. sort of a sneaky way of just saying what 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 should you buy here? Yeah, I, I think that we're not through the sell-off. Um, I think earnings expectations just started to come down over the last three recessions. Earnings have come down by twenty six percent on average. We're about two percent of the way there. So I like healthcare, utilities, and staples and more defensive areas of the marketplace. Jeff, pleasure having you on the program. Thank you so much. Uh, that's Jeff Schultz. Director and Investment Strategist at ClearBridge Investments. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.